Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Raised on the Diz. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm here with my co-host, Solianne. Hi, everyone. And we are talking today about our Disney vacation. We are on day four of our trip to Walt Disney World, and we're staying at the Boardwalk Resort, which we really like. We do, yeah. I, um, I We've never been here before, and... It is definitely one that I would, would come back to. The location and the proximity to places like Epcot and Hollywood Studios is is great. And so for those who have never been to the Boardwalk Resort area, it is right next to Epcot. And it is themed on a 1930s New York or New Jersey boardwalk. Think something like Coney Island. So it has a really great theme, a lot of great shopping around the boardwalk area, and it has rooms that are Disney Vacation Club, which are the larger villas, and also the Boardwalk Inn, which is for hotel guests. The inn part of the resort is not open, but will be opening in July. Mm -hmm. So in just a couple days, that part will be open. So folks can go on to the Disney website and book a room at the Boardwalk Inn. Yes. And we noticed, you know, a lot of things uh, kind of gradually starting to reopen and sort of get back to normal. This is definitely um, the first trip that we've been back since COVID where things are kind of more normal, uh, obviously, than what they have been before. So we're, we're kind of gradually seeing those COVID restrictions um, easing up. And even fireworks are coming back soon. Fireworks are coming back soon. They are coming back in July at the Magic Kingdom with Happily Ever After and with Epcot's show as well, which we have heard them testing even as late as about 10 o'clock at Mm -hmm. night as well. So we've heard some of those fireworks and they are getting ready to bring another part of normalcy back to Walt Disney vacations. But no masks at uh, Walt Disney are required if you are not vaccinated against COVID-19. They are optional for folks to wear, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of masks around the park, but folks that still want to wear masks are able to do so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I... You know, just kind of glancing around, look, you know, as we were standing in queues today, I, I didn't see anyone like near us with a mask, but, you know, they do pop up from time to time. And pro tip, because we have heard from some folks that have said, you know, talk about queues, but to get a little bit of Disney vocabulary, when we talk about queues, that's just basically the line. Right. Yes. And Disney likes to make those as interactive as possible. So I think one of these times we'll do a podcast just about the best cues yeah. in Disney World because there's a lot of great ones out there. Yeah. But I think that's a good segue into this podcast, which might be a little bit of a quicker podcast than what we've done in the past. We're talking about seven things that we've learned so far on our Disney World vacation. So just a refresher, we're here with our three kids. We have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old. So mm-hmm. our kids really run the full range of ages, except we don't have any teenagers yet, but right. we'll oh, be yeah. able to cover that in a future podcast. <laughs> yeah, so in a few years. We'll get to that one in a few years, but that's just kind of a precursor on what we're talking about. Some of these involve traveling to Disney World with kids. Some of them don't, but we'll get straight to the first one. And this is what we have realized in three years of traveling to Disney World in the summer. June heat is not August heat. Right. 
And when I say that, I don't mean that it's not hot. It's still really hot. And I really have been sweating on this trip. <laughs> I don't know whether something's going on with me, but I am sweating as soon as I walk out the door. But it's different than August heat. And trust me on that. Yeah. When you walk out the door in August, it feels like the asphalt is melting <laughs> under your feet. Right. So what I noticed with, with this particular trip is that even though you know it is it's june we are in central florida it is still hot it is humid there is a nice breeze going or at least there has been in the past four days that we've been here in august last year when we came i mean it's just like you're walking into an oven i just remember you know they're not really being much of a breeze and just it really really being stifling so if you have to come to disney in the summer consider that, you know, consider that, okay, August is is a very, very intense heat, or at least that was the kind of August that we experienced last year. This trip is a little bit different. It is different. Uh, it, there's a day this week that it's supposed to only be 85 degrees. So yeah. I don't know that that is something that you would normally encounter in August. So definitely the early summer is better than later summer in our experience. One thing that isn't different as far as the weather is concerned is that you will get rain. Oh, yeah. And you will get late afternoon rain. So we haven't bought a parka yet. That is something every time we get caught in the rain, and we've been caught in the rain now two consecutive days, we say we're we're going to buy a parka. I mean, there's just some, some kind of a stigma attached to it for me because you always feel so humid and sticky under a parka. So I'm holding out because of that, but I know Zolian's definitely on the parka train. Oh no, I would, that's on my list. I, I would, I would definitely, uh, wear a parka and especially the, the type of rain that we got caught in in the last two days. I mean, it's not just like a sprinkle or, you know, a little bit of a drizzling rain. I mean, this is like downpour rain. So, um, yeah, if, if you are planning to to make your way to Disney over the summer, definitely consider a parka or even just throwing in maybe like a little travel size umbrella into your your suitcase. That's something that I didn't do and I definitely will be doing again. So you've got to be prepared for those late afternoon yeah. storms. And that is a Florida thing. I mean, it's going to impact you from probably June until maybe even September. I mean, it is hurricane season in Florida after all. Um, so you will get definitely some storms. So you've got to be prepared for that. This second one is surprising for me. And as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about on this podcast, it was one that would really surprise me that, that I was okay with admitting this. But how I learned to stop worrying and love waiting in line. Someone out there is going to catch that Dr. Strangelove reference. But I hate lines. If a line was above 35 minutes, I was like, no, we're not, we're not standing in that line. We'll fast pass it. Well, there's no fast pass anymore. So I had to stop worrying and learn to love the line. And so we've standed in lines on this trip that were up to probably 75 minutes, I would say. And it wasn't that bad. No, I mean, and I think the whole thing for me is, and you know, I was the same way too. Like we were always trying to kind of rush from ride to ride in the past to try to just hit the ones that had the shortest lines and then try to go back and get into something that had a little bit of a longer line later on. But I think for me, honestly, it was just kind of nice to see some like normalcy again in the park. So like, you know, like I know we went to Epcot 
was it last night? Um, yeah, last night we've we went been to, to Epcot. Epcot the last couple nights. Actually. Yeah, but like the last night, like there was a band playing in like the pavilion and the American Pavilion, and you know that was something that I haven't heard since pre-COVID. Um, and so that was really nice to see. And, you know, before I was always someone that was like, okay, I'd like to go when the parks are, are empty, <laughs> practically empty and the lines are short. But, you know, it was nice to see kind of the hustle and bustle uh, again. And the lines kind of, you know, factored into that, that, you know, yeah, even though I'm standing in line, you know, it's, it's, we're kind of getting back to normal a little bit. And so that was, that was nice to see. Yeah, it's kind of depressing to walk around an empty park. Once you get right. past the point that you can walk on to any right. ride you want, you want to go to Disney World at a time where there are other people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does bring back definitely a sense of normalcy. Right. One other reason, and this is tip number three or observation number three, one other reason why it's been okay to stand in lines is because we have three kids that are now over 40 inches right. tall. And so our little guy, our three-year-old, he is just clearing 40 inches. They're checking him everywhere that he goes. And so every time he stands up on that little height checker, we think, okay, this is the time that our luck runs out and he's not going to be tall enough this time. And the trip's really going to take a turn. But up until now, and the trip is in progress, he's been good. Right. And I think standing in line is better when we're all together right. and we're, we're talking. I think it. you always feel bad when you're standing in a line and your spouse or significant other is out there taking care of a, a child. So if you are part of a family that does have a wide range of kids as far as age, and you have a, a, a toddler or baby, it does get better. Right. And it changes, too. I mean, we had fun whenever we brought Carter as a baby mm-hmm. to Disney World. But this is even better. Right. And he's usually really well-behaved in line, too, although not always. And that that's <laughs> always fun, too. So. Right, yeah. No, it is nice to be able to go and stand together. And I know that we talked about Rider Switch in one of the other podcasts. And that's a really great option for people that do have really tiny kids that can't ride this stuff. But eventually, you know, your kids are going to get bigger. You are going to be able to ride on this, you know, these rides as a family. I know on um, yesterday, we all went on Splash Mountain together, which was really fun. We all went on Big Thunder Mountain, which was really fun. Um, And so, yeah, so you don't mind, you know, the weight, knowing that you're all kind of hanging out together. And, you know, the queues are really cool. Um, And and I know Nick mentioned that that a lot of them are, are very interactive. So it's kind of part of, you know, the experience as well. It definitely is. One of the other tips that we want to talk about here is we mentioned in previous podcasts that we were going to order groceries and have them delivered to our resort. Now, again, we're staying at the Boardwalk Resort near Epcot, but it really doesn't matter where you're staying for this next trip. It's something quick and convenient that you can take advantage of. Mm -hmm. We used Garden Grocer, which Mm -hmm. is a really popular service around Walt Disney World. They deliver to pretty much anywhere on site. So they brought our groceries to our hotel two days after we had ordered it. That's Mm -hmm. a learning. We should have ordered the groceries and scheduled them before we got down here. By the time we got down here and we placed our grocery order Sunday night or Saturday night right right it, it was going to be Monday before they were going to be right. delivered which was fine uh, we just grabbed some bites to eat in the park while we were there but we were in Magic Kingdom on Monday and mm-hmm. our I got a text that our groceries were delivered right and so when we got back to our resort I called down to Bell Services and they delivered our groceries to our room mm-hmm. quick and convenient right 
I think it was a pretty good value as well. And so um, definitely in terms of time saved yes. and not having a vehicle here, definitely would recommend Garden Grocer. And there also are other services that folks can use mm-hmm. that provide the same kind of convenience. Yeah. And I remember, you know, going to like Walmart or Target or wherever we went last August to get groceries. And I remember like hauling all of this stuff from the parking lot, you know, into the, we were at Wilderness Lodge at that time, into the hotel. And it wasn't a big deal, but, you know, our kids aren't super big yet. You know, they're not super old. So they really couldn't, I mean, they could carry some things in themselves. But, I mean, that was like a process, you know, for us to take all that stuff in ourselves. With this, it was, you know, it was really nice because I know I got, you know, some heavier items like water and all that stuff. And, you know, for it to be just sort of delivered to your door, it was really nice. Like Nick said, the only thing, just, you know, place your order even like before you're at your destination. I know whenever we were on the website, we could even, it was like up to a week out, I think we could like schedule delivery. So definitely keep that in mind um, that, you know, you're not necessarily going to get your order like the next day. Yeah, definitely plan ahead. I wish we would have done that, but uh, all's well that ends well, and we have groceries here now, and we Mm -hmm. have been using them because we've been coming back from the parks a little bit early because of the late afternoon thunderstorms. Right. So we've, we've been using those groceries as well. Another consequence of not having a car here is using Magical Express. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of complaints from folks. We've seen a lot of things on different Facebook pages and different groups that deal in Disney tips and tricks that folks are waiting a long time for Magical Express. Mm-hmm. We can't speak for everybody, but that wasn't our experience. No, we got off of our plane at about 7 o'clock, picked up our luggage. I think we were here at Boardwalk before eight o'clock at night. So mm-hmm. it was really convenient and it was about a 30 minute ride from the airport right. as well. We both commented that this is a this is an awesome service. It's mm-hmm. a great convenience and definitely for people that uh, are having a hard time finding a rental car right now or aren't willing to pay the premium that seems to be required mm-hmm. to get one. Yeah, and I know we mentioned this before as well, but remember if you do take Magical Express, you know, they will then pick you up from your hotel and take you back to the airport on the day that you are supposed to go home. So, it is it is a very nice service. And, you know, I know that I always had a tendency to to want to have a rental car. Um, but, you know, this, honestly, I haven't really missed one on this trip so far. And one of the reasons why we haven't missed it, and this is tip number six or observation number six, is that there are so many Disney resorts that have methods of transportation that are quick and convenient for getting mm-hmm. to the parks. Whether you're staying at a place like Polynesian that is on the monorail line right. or the Grand Floridian, you can now walk to the park from Grand mm-hmm. Floridian or the Contemporary, which obviously you can walk as well. But a place like Wilderness Lodge has a boat mm-hmm. that takes you to Magic Kingdom. And then you look at some of the moderate resorts. A place like Port Orleans has a boat that takes you to Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Old Key West is the same way. And... Our favorite thing, 
And I can't believe we're calling it our favorite thing because we haven't ridden it yet. We talk about riding it every day. <laughs> they have a Skyliner it here. So it's cool. a gondola system that I just have such – I'm so envious of the people that get to ride on this thing. Yeah, and now, I want to ride on it so bad. And this links like uh, some of the value resorts as well, like Pop Century and is it Caribbean, Caribbean Beach? Caribbean Beach is linked as well. It's a moderate resort. Yes. And then it, it's linked up to Epcot and Riviera, which is a deluxe resort. So – it looks awesome. And that was actually our plan today. We thought, okay, we'll take the Skyliner from Hollywood Studios out to Riviera just to check it out because we've never been there and then ride it back to Epcot since we're so close to Epcot. And unfortunately, the storms uh, prevented us from doing that. They do shut that stuff down uh, whenever it's it's storming, but it looks so cool. And, you know, I was thinking that these little gondolas, you know, would be sort of traveling a lot slower than what they are. They're pretty quick. So it, you know, it looks like it would be kind of a nice, easy way to get from place to place. We think it would be a good attraction for our kids to get them out of the park to say, hey, we're going to go ride the Skyliner. <laughs> um, so we want to try that. I definitely want to do the Skyliner at some point on this trip. And yes. I'll, I'll definitely have observations here for the podcast audience. Here are the resorts that the pod... The pod, the Skyliner <laughs> yeah. services. They look like pods. They do look like pods. I mean, I think that was kind of like association in my head. Pod, Skyliner, right. gondolas. <laughs> they service Disney's Riviera Resort, which is a deluxe resort. Disney's Caribbean Beach, which is a, which is a moderate. Mm-hmm. Disney's Pomp Century, which is a value resort. Art of Animation, which is a value resort. So there are deluxes, moderates, and mm-hmm. values on the Skyliner line. And there are rumors that it will be expanded in the future as well. So that could be the future of transportation at Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's really cool. And the two parks that it links up is is Epcot and Hollywood, right? That's Just right. Just those two. Okay. Yeah, so it's a great source of transportation. Again, they do shut that down whenever there are thunderstorms, mm-hmm. but those resorts are obviously served by buses as well. But the point of that tip is that look around at where you're considering staying mm-hmm. and the transportation options. A lot of people don't like to stay at the Animal Kingdom resorts because the only way that you can get to the parks is by bus. We love the Animal Kingdom resorts. We accept that as mm-hmm. kind of a caveat mm-hmm. to staying at those resorts that they are a little bit more detached, but it is a major complaint. So just be aware of the transportation options that are available. I will say that staying here at Boardwalk or across Crescent Lake at Beach Club or Yacht Club or at the Swan and Dolphin Resorts as well, a big perk is being able to walk to those parks. And you almost feel like it's kind of a private entrance to Epcot, being able to walk to that back entrance and just go straight into the countries, which is one of our most favorite things about Epcot to begin with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, thinking back to some of these other resorts that we've stayed at, like I I do love to be kind of removed from kind of the hustle and bustle a little bit. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know which one I would say I honestly like more boardwalk versus animal um, because I just, that's just my personality. I like to be kind of off by myself and not kind of in the middle of everything. However, boardwalks location and being close to Epcot, I know I'm like contradicting myself, but it's, it's really great. And I think it's probably because we love Epcot so much. 
We do love Epcot, but we love animals too. And <laughs> of course, animals. with the Animal Kingdom Resort, right. you have basically a savanna with awesome. live animals. Yeah, I miss it window. actually. So, yeah. there, I mean, that's the great thing about Disney is there's so much diversity in the resorts that are here mm-hmm. from cost, value right. moderate to deluxe, and in theming as well. We stayed at Port Orleans mm-hmm. and loved it. Mm-hmm. It's a moderate resort, it's themed on the Old South. Right. And they have two different types of theming at that resort, too. Right. There is the Alligator Bayou cabins, Mm -hmm. which are kind of like Louisiana-themed. Right. And then they have the old stately mansions of the South, too, which are a completely different area of that resort. Right. And then they have uh, the uh, French Quarter, which Mm -hmm. is themed on New Orleans. So that's just one moderate resort that we have stayed at, but... That's what separates Disney from the rest of the pack is they have great theming in the park Mm -hmm. and great theming at the resorts. And then the convenience, there's nowhere that you can stay off site that you're able to walk to two parks. No, it's awesome. And, you know, we were even going to go to Epcot this evening if, you know, we got, we had this, this terrible rain, but, um, you know, it's just something that, yeah, you can kind of pop into and that makes it really nice. My last tip or observation, and this just came to me today, we were at Hollywood Studios and we went into One Man's Dream, which is the Walt Disney story. I'd Mm -hmm. never been into this before and we've been to to Walt Disney World a few times over the past couple years and just had never been in there. I think probably a consequence of having a, a, a little guy who has a very short attention span, but... I think it's. I think his attention span is getting longer. I mean, there are probably some times on this trip that I Maybe. could have. I, I might have doubted that. Um, you know, it varies hour to hour, minute by minute, second to second. Right. But we went to One Man's Dream, which is the Walt Disney story, and it is a combination of a museum with mm-hmm. artifacts from Walt Disney's life, and then a really cool video i think when you have kids and you see that there's a movie at the end of an attraction you kind of tense up right inside (laughs) because you think there's no way that even the older ones are going to get through this right but all three of them sat right and carter our three-year-old was even engaged in it because it kind of interspersed some cartoon footage as well it's awesome but walt disney i mean which is the reason all of this is here has such an inspiring story Mm -hmm. and it, it just was a great film told in his own words right. from his beginnings in a small town to going to Hollywood, setting up the first animation studio in Hollywood, and then basically betting it all mm-hmm. on Mickey Mouse and his feature films. And it really was very touching and an awesome story and something that people walk right by. Right. But that's the reason that all of this is here. Right. And, you know, what I, well, what was so cool about the museum part, you know, you, is, is that you could see like his writing desk or his drawing desk or whatever. Um, you know, you so see, you see like actual items like that in the, the kind of the museum part. And then, like Nick said, then you go into this movie and it is told entirely in his the, own voice, in, in his own voice, in his own words. And as a history teacher, you know, there is nothing better than hearing a story, hearing someone's story, hearing, you know, someone retells uh, an event, then, you know, having that that be told in in that, uh, that first person perspective in their own words. Um, and so it was it was really awesome. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend for folks that have a Disney trip planned when they make it down to Hollywood Studios 
to see this film. It's called One Man's Dream, Mm -hmm. and it is located right next to the theater that has Little Mermaid in it uh, and next to Toy Story Right, so kind of right before you you make the right to to head back into Toy Story Land, it's right there, uh, right there on the corner. Um, And I think it has the the name One Man's Story on the marquee. There's like a marquee outside. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great one. And it's really cool. He, he told the story of, you know, his kind of the inspiration for Disneyland and then eventually Disney World. Uh, he said, you know, he took his own daughters, uh, to like parks and, you know, they would go and ride on carousels. And he said that he really wanted, you know, to, as he was sitting there watching his, his children, he wanted to, create a place where not only children could have a lot of fun, but the parents could as well. It could really be, you know, an entire kind of family, family place. And so that, that was the inspiration for Disneyland and Disney world, which was really cool to hear. And Walt Disney would have been 120 years old this year. Mm -hmm. He was born in 1901. And here we are in 2021 devoting part of a, a podcast talking about, his life. So mm-hmm. what a lasting legacy and, you know, staying in one of how many hotels that are connected to this huge amusement park, but it is an awesome place, but it's good to to look back on the reason that it's all here. And right. I think they made the point too. He said it was all because of a mouse, but definitely because of of his personality and perseverance and right. and building such an awesome company yes very inspiring story so we have a few days left here in walt disney world and we look forward to checking in with our our podcasting crew next week next time we talk to everybody here on raised on the Diz. i think we'll have a lot of observations in addition to the ones that we've shared here today i think so so that is going to do it for episode five of raised on the Diz. have a magical day and have a great big beautiful tomorrow. He has a dream and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. When it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every